into it. You must remember that everything that the enemy does, the Most High God has already commanded the left-hand side to make them carry out a certain way. Read, sir. So that the whole continent was filled with them. The whole continent was filled with them. So they took over a pocket to the east, a pocket to the west, a pocket to the north, a pocket to the south. When they're doing all of that, they're now setting up colonies so that they can come inwardly and take everything over. Go on. Both the inland and maritime countries. Now, the maritime countries are those who are like islands and, and those that are scattered around. Go on. So they took those as well. Go on. There were some also who passed over the sea ships. Go on. And inhabited the islands. Go on. And some of those nations do still remain the dominant, Salaki, the dominations which uh, which were given them by their I first think that's denominations. Come, denominations Go on. which were given them by their first founders. See? So when they found it, they then set about to change the language. They set about to change the names. So when you read the history books, you won't find the original name. Everything that it trails back to is a name that is Grecian. Go on, sir. But some have lost them also, and some have only admitted certain changes in them. Go on. That they might be more intelli intelligible to the inhabitants. So intelligible meaning that, that they, would, um, they, would, they would know the name, and the name would be easy in their tongue Come. to be pronounced, so that all their people can uh, start to use it and become the country. That's right. And then there will be no remedy of who was there before. And that's how they do it. But there's more. Let's see if we can beat the clock. Go on. And they were the Greeks who became the, uh, the authors of such mutations. See, they were the authors of changing things around. Read on. For when in after ages they grew potent, they claimed... Grew potent mean more powerful. Go on. They claimed to themselves the glory of antiquity. Go on. Giving now, names. when it says they claimed to themselves the glory of antiquity, it means all of the history of that country that they took over, they owned it. Kind of. All right. Case in point, they took over Egypt. That's right. But guess what? As it clearly states by Josephus, they took all of the history and wisdom and mystics because the Egyptians operated by an art and a, a religion that was called the mystics, the mystery of Egypt. They, they knew certain science that the rest of the world did not know. That's right. And guess what? Many of those science they learned from Israel when we were slaves. Come. We were the ones that taught them certain things that they continued to multiply on it and it became a great uh, movement within Egypt. The Greeks went in there now, took it all over, uh, took their books, rewrote their books, put their names on the books and claimed the antiquity unto themselves. That's, right. That's why today everyone thinks about the Grecians yeah. as being the ancient um, civilization of mankind. Where? Where could that be? How could that be? When the Egyptians existed long before them and we as a people existed long before the Egyptians. 
Are you seeing this, ladies and gentlemen? So now, when we read it, just to finish that off for me. Yes, sir. They claim to themselves the glory of antiquity. Go on. Giving names to the nations that sounded well. See that? Giving names to the nations that sounded well in their tongue. That's why they use terms that it sounds good for them, but not for us. Go on. In Greek, that they might be better understood. Do what? In Greek, that they might be better understood. That they might be better understood. Go on, sir. Among themselves and setting agreeable forms of government over them as if they were a people derived from themselves. See, making it that as if it was them that all this derived from. This is how they operated. And remember, if you, if you go to the Apocrypha real quick, you know what I want? Maccabees chapter, uh, verse Maccabees chapter 3, and, and let's read verse 48. The book of 1 Maccabees chapter 3 and verse 48. Reads up. It reads, And they laid open the book of the law, wherein the heathen had sought to paint the likeness of their images. Now remember, they were doing that to our book, our law, our Come. Bible. Our scriptures. But it wasn't the first time that they did this. They did this with the Egyptians. They did it with other groups of people. That's right. You just read it uh, by the, the finders of Josephus that they did it to other nations, can't? Right. Now, let's go back to Esther real quick. Esther chapter 16 and 10. Run there for me, please, sir. Run there for me, please. Esther chapter 16 and verse 10. Yes, sir. Esther chapter 16 and verse 10. Go it, ahead. It reads. So like here. Esther chapter 6. How I end up on there? Esther chapter 16 and verse 10. It reads. For Ammon, a Macedonian, the son of Amadatha, being indeed a stranger from the Persian blood. See, from the Persian blood, go on. And far distant from our goodness. Go on. And as a stranger received of us. The, a stranger what? As a stranger received of us. Received of us. Come. Meaning, he learned all our ways. We received him and he learned all our ways. That's right. Go on. Come. Now. Jump from there to, uh, no, we won't have time to go there, so let, let me just shoot ahead. Um, let me see how I'm doing for time. I really want to get this up because the crux of it is in there. All right, so he received the bus. Now, make a name, note of this name, John Hycranus. Mm. John Hycranus. H-Y-R-A-C-A-N-U-S. Hycranus. Now, the reason why you have to make a note of his name and not forget him ever is because he is the man that's um, uh, re reported to be the one who um, tried to bring peace to the Macedonians, the Edomites, um, uh, the Idumians. He tried to bring peace and he tried to do it by... Um, Working together with them. Make a note of this. He was the son of Simon, and he was the last of the Maccabean brothers. Out of all the Maccabean brothers, he was the last. He was the youngest. And he conquered Idumia. 
He conquered Samaria mm. and he conquered Joppa. Now, those are cities you need to really write down and remember. I know you're not going to do it, because I tell you to do it, and you still won't do it. And then in the future, you'll say, Pastor Thompson, and I'll say, go away from me. No, I won't. So, remember, he conquered. Who did I say he conquered? Idumia. Idumia, Samaria, and Japan. There's one other city, but I can't remember right now. Now, he ruled over... Uh, over the areas of, of Israel uh, during uh, 135 BC through to 104 BC. Now the reason why these dates are important because when you Google them, the information that you need to read up and get further history is tied also to the dates. If you don't put the dates down and you just put his name in, you'll get any old, any old thing. I'm trying to give you surgical material later. And so, now that we have that, we need to understand this also. How the Jewish people were born. How were they birthed? How did they come into existence? Now, the reason why we must understand it is because what John Hyannis did when he conquered them, the Edomites, he came together with them and he created an allyship. And the allyship that he created, who knows what the allyship was? Who can tell me here? What, what, what did he tell, the, tell them to do? What did he tell them to do? What did he say to the Edomites? What was, what was the key to all of this? Can anyone share with me that information? Go ahead. Grace and peace, sir. Excellent. His brothers created treaties with them. And what happened was it was broken because of their of the other nation leadership. Now what this last brother did, he said, okay. I'm going, to, I'm going to make a treaty with you. This is how you can stay in your land. You must, every single male must be what? Circumcised. Once you're circumcised, you must follow all the laws, all the statutes, and all the commandments. Now, the reason why this is important is because now you're seeing something happen. You're seeing the birth of something. And the birth of what you're seeing is this, that the Jews, Amalek, is now taking on all... Remember, they don't mind doing it because guess what? They've been doing it all along to all the other nations anyway. So what did, what did Amalek do? Amalek said, all right, we'll circumcise all our sons. We'll keep your holidays. We'll keep the feasts. We'll do everything that you say. In fact, scripture just jumped into my head. Let's go to um, Second Ezra. Second Ezra. It's it's one that can be used. It's a double entendre, basically, but it can be used. It's um, you know the one I want by. He said that he would give it to another. Yes, it is in Second Ezra chapter one. Uh, Begin at verse twenty-four. Yes, sir. Second Ezra chapter one and verse twenty-four. What shall I do unto thee, O Jacob? Watch it. Thou Judah, 
what is not obey me, I will turn me to other nations. It will do what? I will turn me to other nations. Now the reason why it's a double entendre, or it has a double meaning, it means simply that it can be read in the in the respect that I'm giving you now. The Most High has said, "What am I going to do with you, Israel?" I've been kind to you. I've supported you. I've blessed all your children. You, you said to me, "Let's go to war." And will you be behind us? And I'll be, and I was behind you. Yeah. But now you've 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 gone and twisted it again. You've worshipped their gods. That's the true. people I told you this, or now you're worshipping their gods. Ha, ha, what? So watch what he says. Read it again from the top. So come, Second Ezra chapter one verse twenty four. What shall I do unto thee, O Jacob, thou Judah, what is not obey me? I will turn me to other nations, and unto those will I give my name, that they may keep my statutes. See that? Read on, sir. Seeing ye have forsaken me, I will forsake you also. Go on. When ye desire me to be a gracious unto you, Read. I shall have no mercy upon you. Read, sir. Whatsoever ye shall call upon me. I will not hear you. Read. For ye have defiled your hands with blood. Read. And your feet are swift to commit manslaughter. Quick to do that. Mm. Hold that. Run to Ezekiel chapter 36. 36. 36. Thank you. All right. The engines are going now. Put the oil in that. Go. Let's go. Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 5. It reads. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, surely in the fire of my jealousy have I spoken against the residue of the heathen. See that? Did you finish it? Come. Go ahead, and against all I do me, which I have appointed my land unto their possession. You see that? He has given all the land into their possession. Come. Go on. With the joy of all their heart. Go on. With the spiteful minds. To cast it out for a prey. I cast it out as a prey. Go on. Prophesy, therefore, concerning the land of Israel, and say unto the mountains, and to the hills, to the rivers, and to the valleys, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I have spoken in my jealousy and in my fury, because ye have borne the shame of the heathen. That's it. So you're seeing now the connection, the historical connection for the scripture. Connection. You seen that? No. Huh. Now, here's the thing now. Imagine this. John Hycanus set something up as a treaty so it would bring peace and give the Israelites an occasion where they wouldn't be fighting all the time. He said to the, the, uh, the Amalekites, got to keep the laws. And guess what they did? They started to keep the laws. Hmm. They started to honored the feast and they learned everything and they started to dress like us. That's right. Now when they started to dress like us, watch, watch this now. In the temple, when you looked in the temple, now you're seeing Edomites in the temple. And it's not something about the Edomites. They start to take ownership, start to set themselves up in leadership positions and I, I will, uh, no, I, I mustn't do that. I was going to say, I'll give $100 back. <laughs> I wasn't doing that. It mustn't be about money. It must be about your desire to learn. If you can tell me 
who became the assistant to John Icanus, the first assistant. Who do you think it was? Can anyone tell me? Who can tell me? I know some people are like, I know, I know, I know, I know, I've studied it. But there's, there's, there's a few of us tonight, but let's see. Who among you know who did that? Who was his first assistant? Can anyone tell me? Hmm. I, I, I jumped down and hit the ceiling. Somebody got this one. <laughs> who can tell me? Who can tell me? All right, Tybo won't allow me because we've got to finish up soon. So, would you believe it was Antipater? <laughs> Antipater the Idumian. Now you need to write that down. You need to write it down. Antipater. Write it down the best that you can. A N T I P A R R, no, T E P, T E R, Antipater. He became the first assistant to John Icanus. Mm. So he was in a strong leadership position. Yeah. And look what happened later. His son, Antipater the Idumean, or the Idumean, when you look it up or, or Google it, it always had Antipater the Idumean. His son became Herod the Great. And watch this. All of a sudden now, an Edomite is ruling over Israel. Can you believe that? They came in as understudies, and they now take over, and now we have Herod the Great, as he called himself, who was the son of Antipater. And now you have a white Idumean Jew-ish person operating like a Jew because he knew all the customs. Why do you think at one point, I think I can't remember who the you might you might help me with this guy. Um, but one of our one of our writers turned around and said, or our, our Patriot Apostles turned around and said, he said, I don't know if it was Yahawashai, but he said, I know that thou art an expert in our customs. I can't remember who it was, but, but that's what he, I don't remember who it was, I don't know if it was Yehoshai or Paul or one of them, but I know that thou art an expert in our customs. I think that was Paul. That was Paul. And, and with that, here, here we have, this, this brigand has become leader over our people. Huh. Now you're seeing how from that time to this time, they know who we are. That, that's why I looked up. They know who we are. They know Come. who you are. Come. They know. They, don't fool yourself that they don't. Oh, they don't know. They know who you are. Come. They're just good at pretending. That's right. Remember, they pretended to be everybody else. <laughs> and it makes sense now in the history as to how and why they had to get you into slavery. That's right. Did we not read where it said that they hated us? That's right. 
let's see if we can finish this up. If there's any questions left, I'll take it. But let's see if we can finish this up. Um, let's see where I am now. All right. Now, let's go back to this, sir. Read verse. Uh, start from the top? Yes, yeah, start from the top. Chapter 6. Now. All right. Now, let's go back to this, sir. Read verse. Uh, start from the top? Yes, yeah, start from the top. Chapter 6 in the, the um, book of um, Josephus. In the book of Josephus, and the Antiquities of the Jews, chapter 6, how every nation was denominated, Salaki, was denominated from their first inhabitants. Now, they were the grandchildren of Noah, in honor of whom names were imposed on the nations by those that first seized upon them. Go on. Japhet, the son of Noah, had seven sons. They inhabited so that the beginning at the mountain Taurus and Amas. Now, now you know what? I And, and Salaki, forgive me, I forgot to give you a scripture. I, I, I put some notes there. What was the scripture that I have on this? You got Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 4. All right. And verse 12. Did we do Deuteronomy chapter 2? Yes, we did. We did. Kind of. But we did not do Psalms. No, we didn't. No. Right. Psalms. Go to Psalms. What, what's the Psalm that I have there, sir? 49 and 11. Go ahead. Let's quickly go there because I, I need to give you the connection so that you, you have that. So go to Psalms. Go, go ahead and quote it, please, sir. Psalms chapter 49 and verse 11. Their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever and their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. That's why. Everywhere you go, there's a name that's named after the places that they're that, that they're in. How do we know that? How do we know that 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 the, the, the Edomites or the um, the Edomians you, you say? Well, you live in a country called America, and have you noticed that everything is named after one of their people? Yeah. Same spirit. You can shift the country, but the spirit remains the same. That's right. Have you got it finished? Oh, you back there? Go ahead and finish it. They proceeded along Asia as far as the river Tanaeus and along Europe to Cadiz and setting themselves on the lands which they light up thereupon. See, they lit upon the land and spread themselves out and they took over the various parts of Asia. But remember, it's telling you that they're taking over Europe. How do you take over Europe? Why? Because the people in Europe initially were people of color. That's right. So you think, when you think about Europe now, you think about mainly, primarily Caucasian, you know, continent. No. Originally, it looked like us. We were the Scots. Yes, sir. Okay. And then what happened was, they came in there and they took it all over. Mm. As we're reading. Go ahead, sir. Which none had inhabited before. They called. Remember, the, they, it says they didn't inhabit it before. Come. Read. They called the nations by their own names. And did we not just read that? No. Read, sir. For Gomer founded those whom the Greeks now call Galatians. And did, and did you see that? See, I'm make a note. Yeah. Gomer is now called Galatia. Come. Galatia, remember. It, anyway, I'm, I'm going. I'm taking up time. Go ahead, sir. Galatians, Gauls, but were then called Gomernites. Magog founded those that from him were named Magonites, but who are by the Salaki, 
but who are by the Greeks called Scythians. Now, as the Javan and the Madai, the sons of Japheth, from Madai came the, Made the Medeans, who are called the Medes by the Greeks. See that? Now, the scripture that I've got are noted in there, let's First go Chronicles. to that. Let's go to that scripture. First Chronicles. First Chronicles, chapter 1 and verse 5. Chapter 1 and verse 5. Come. The book of First Chronicles, chapter 1 and verse 5, it reads, The sons of Japheth, Gomer, and Magog, and Medai, and Javan, and Tubal, and Meshesh, and Tyrus, and the sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, ah, go on. and Riftha, go on. and Gomer, Salaki, and Togamah, and the sons of Javan, Elisha, and Tarshish, Kittim, and Dagenum. Now, Tarshish is today what we call Spain. See? So, you can see all the names have been changed to eliminate the history so we have nothing to backtrack on. That's why when you follow the history breadcrumbs carefully and you tie it all together, you now see as to whom you're dealing with, right? So now, watch this now. Uh, Captain, drop that. Jump into this, uh, read Herod, and then we go. Come. Now that this is from the the, the the Harper's Bible Dictionary. Come. Herod the Great. Harper's Bible Dictionary. Herod. Name of a family of Idumeans. So he's telling you now. So when you read in the scriptures and you think that, well, Herod is he's a Jew because it's, it, it's talking about the feasts and all that. No. He was someone who was taught and did it to keep peace. Come. And remember, all of their bloodline from the time that John Hycanus did what he did, they all circumcised their children. What did they talk about bar, bar mitzvahs and all those things today? See, they have, they have taken it on themselves and then they've added a few bits and pieces in there to separate themselves from the blacks. That's right. That they have things that more for them, which are the Edomites. Go on. Herod, the name of a family of Idumean origin with strong connections with the Roman government. Oh, really? Go on. Who, from the time of Queen Alexandra, 76 BC, Sasalaki, 76 to 67 BC. Herod is Greek and or, uh, originated with a shadowy ancestor. Shadowy meaning that there's a mystery behind it that they're not revealing. Go on. Come. Shadowy ancestor about whom even in antiquity little was known. Go on. The Idumeans had been forcibly converted to Judaism by John Hycranus, 134 to 104 BC. And it's written there in black and white. Is that not right? Come. So the history books is telling you who did what when. And so where is the argument? Remember, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, we don't have printing press. Come. We don't own them. They own them. So if they're writing this, it's true. Go on. Come. And thus the family of Herod was at least technically Jewish. Herod's father. Technically. Come. Technically Jewish. Herod's father, also named Antipater or Antipas, was by all accounts 
not only a skilled soldier, but also a shrewd politician and diplomat. Well, then let's go to the next one, which should bring up Idumian. Let's read that, and then we'll start closing down. Come, Idumian, the Greek name for Edom, as found in the Septuagint. Come, after the exile, 586 BC, the name designated the region in Judea from Bethsor to south of Bathsheba, an area occupied in part of Edomites, Idumians, Ezekiel 36 and 5. Idumia changed hands frequently. Herod the Great was an Idumian, and people from Idumia came to hear Jesus, Mark 3 and 8. All right, Come. let's close it up. Now, you see how the history starts to play itself out there? Now, to, 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 to close, I want to close on this um, part of the history. There's a word you need to write down. We, we touched it about maybe three or four weeks ago. The word is Hellenization. Hellenization. The word Hellenization simply means, it's like when someone becomes a Hellenist, it means you have taken up all of the customs of the Greeks. And, and, and this is why you have Jews who had become Hellenized, and they acted just like the Greeks, but they were really Jews. Now this was pushed by the Greeks because it was a way that because the Greeks wanted everyone in the world to be Greek. And so Hellenism allowed them to be able to do that. And they, and they brought the same customs into the worship world of the real Jews, which is us. It's like uh, in my um, Greek uh, dictionary, it says exactly what um, um, Elder here said. It says Hellenized is, is a Greek speaking Jew or Grecian. And that's what we call, uh, we, we call ourselves in the New Testament, we call ourselves Grecians. So with that, we begin to realize that the nations that are now looking at us, they know that our history is quite important to the world um, reaching its fullest accomplishment. Its fullest accomplishment can only be placed if the real Jews are back on top. Okay. So, what is the purpose of Edom? If we can keep those Negroes asleep a little longer, That's right. we have more autonomy and more control over the earth. But if they all wake up, wherever they are, we're going to have a problem on our hands. So if we go back to 2 Maccabees chapter 6 and 6, beginning at verse 1, that further reinforces Hellenization. Go ahead and bring yourself when you have it. 2 Maccabees chapter 6 and verse 6, it reads, Neither was it lawful for a man to no, keep... begin at verse 1. Come, Second Maccabees chapter 6 and verse 1. Not long after this, the king sent an old man of Athens to compel the Jews to depart. To do what? To depart Go from the laws of their fathers. You see how they would find wicked 
Jews to come and try to influence us out of our truth. Come. Go on. And not to live after the laws of God. Go on. And to pollute also the temple of Jerusalem. And to call it the temple of Jupiter Olympias. And that in Garzum of Jupiter, the defender of strangers. And now you understand why our temple became so um, spoiled. Because they renamed it and then they would do swine sacrifices huh. in there. Because they knew that we have an aversion to swine's flesh in any form of sacrifice. And now, for them to go and do that, and then to change the name to a Greek god, they knew it was the, the base of the base of the base that they could put us to. That's right. And that's why they tamed the temple. That's why so many times, especially under the Maccabean brothers, you'll find or family, that they had to keep going in and re-cleansing and re-cleaning and bring it, kicking out the, those, those um, uh, um, priests and bringing in their own, and, and they had to do it several times over several times. And incidentally, some of our own priests who became um, contaminated, they had to kill them. Yeah. Imagine to kill your own brother, because they had become so entrenched in the Greek fashion. Read on, sir. As they did desire that dwelt in the place. Go on. The coming in of his mischief. Of his mischief. The word you should underline in your pocketbook because you'll find that word scattered throughout the the first and second Maccabees because it's a word to let you know that they truly did an abominable act. Go on. Was sore and grievous to the people. Read. For the temple was filled with riot. See that? And reveling by the Gentiles. See that? Go on. Who dallied with harlots. And had to do with women within the circuit of the holy places. And remember, having fornication in the temple, in the Greek understanding, it was the height of, 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 their, of their praise. And they would have open orgies. This is why, if you study the Greek, I have a couple of books I'll, I'll bring along, which is a little bit R-rated, but they're historically R-rated, not modern day but it will show you how the greeks and the romans did the same thing when it came to masquerading in sexuality within the temple continue please and besides that brought in things that were not lawful the altar also was filled with profane things read, sir. which the law forbiddeth read neither was it lawful for a man to keep sabbath days or ancient feasts or to profess himself at all to be a Jew. See that? And this was because um, this was now done with the Greeks, right? Not the Idumeans, not the other group who today are called Amalek. Okay. Because what they did was they kept what, what they learned, they kept the tradition, and they kept on moving. They spent some time in Rome, and then they moved around Europe. That's a whole nother section of, of history we catch up on at some given point. But finish reading. Verse 7. And in the day of the king's birth, every month they were brought by bitter constraint Go on. to eat of the sacrifices. And when the feast of Bacchus was kept, the Jews were compelled to go in procession to Bacchus carrying ivy. All right. Now, you can see, uh, this concludes our teaching, but you can see in this short hour that we've spent, kind of going backwards and forwards through the scripture and through history and time, 
how uh, the so-called Jewish people today, why they have assumed that position and why they don't want to give it up. Because they recognize that position that they're in, it holds them in good stead with the rest of the world. And they're quick. Remember, they taught, they brainwashed this country and everyone else in the world. They, they're so powerful that they brainwashed everyone. You say a word that we are not who we say we are, then you are anti-Semite. Sure. And that today, it's, it, it's, it, it's not yet, but it's heading that way. It will be a time when you say one ill word about a Jew ish person you will go to jail you will go to jail that's right and here's the other thing to bear in mind it seems ridiculous because the real jews can't even say that they're jews that time is coming too the time is coming that you will profess yourself to be a jew and they will put you in jail for breaking the law so you think because of all these things that's happening, you think, oh, this is the words of, nah. It's getting there. This is just a taste. And this is why, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, you, I, I, I behoove you. If you are not fully convinced of who you are and ready to die for that, then you're in trouble. That's right. Because you have to be prepared to die for this thing. You have to be prepared to die to keep the Lord. They make, I don't, I don't know, I don't know the future, only the Almighty knows this. That folk will find out that these blacks, they're, they're keeping the Sabbath, they're having their feasts, shut them down. And who knows, the time will come that police will walk up in, in these facilities and start to shut us down and arrest and so on. They are spiteful people, Amalek, and their power is long-reaching. Good. So I hope that this teaching has been a blessing to you. I hope it has opened up your mind to some of the history. And I pray that you continue to delve further into the history of our people and those who call themselves Jews. Because in order to, to beat an enemy, you must know his strategy. And, yeah. know, and to know his strategy, you must know his history. So on, on the behalf of myself and Captain Hip, we hope that this teaching, as short as it was, we hope it has, has been palatable to you and that you will take it and study further because you've now got the, the basis to go from from here to wherever it will take you. Oh, I, I think we have one question. So let me take that question that's come online. Yes, um, Officer Rabba says, do they think they're fooling the Most High? Do, do they think they're fooling the Most High? Yeah. Uh, well, there's one scripture in Psalms, actually they kind of make a, a statement, or what is it, they, they say that because because he hasn't destroyed them yet, he thinks that they think that um, the uh, that he's with them with what they're doing. You, you got it now? It's, it's it's one in Psalms. The one in Psalms. One in Psalms is something to my. In fact, I, I may find it. Um, it's, it's one that says that they think because um, we have uh, go to Psalms one hundred and. No, Psalms 50 and begin at verse 20. I think it's that one. And so 2021. 20, Go ahead. Come. This is Psalms chapter 50 and verse 20. Thou sittest and speakest against thy brother. Thou slanderest thine own mother's son. 
These things hast thou done, and kept silence. Salaki, and I kept silence. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such and one as thyself. But I will reprove thee, <laughs> and set them in order before thine eyes. See? So he's letting you know that because you think he hasn't done anything, you think he's with you. He's not with you at all. He has a pinnacle time coming, and your just desserts is coming. So yes, sir, um, they, they, they think they're fooling y'all, but they're not. Any other questions online before we dismiss? He says, I am a Jew, and I will fight and die for my people. Uh, 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 so th this person um, is said that they are a Jew? Uh, are they Jake? Or, or this is Officer Q. Officer God. Oh, God. God. Officer you? Shalom, my brother. Barakathaya <laughs> um, Well, on the behalf of, of us who are here, in this neck of the vineyard, we hope that you've been blessed by the teaching. We hope you continue to tune in. Please invite others. Wake up, our brother. Just tell them to, just to, you know, uh, tune in just for one time and, and see if they can uh, listen and see if it will con convict their spirit to knowing who they are. We look forward to seeing you again. We hope that you've been thoroughly blessed. Continue to pray for us as we pray for you, and we'll see you on the Sabbath. Shalom. Can you, everyone, have their Bibles ready? Title of it is Malachi, not Malachi. Amalek. Amalek. Who's fooling who? Who's fooling who? Amalek. Who's fooling who? Now, in order to go down the road with this particular teaching, we need to look at a couple of things right off the bat. And first of all, we need to establish, I haven't taught it in depth, I've taught bits and pieces over the years, but I think I should give a little bit more detailed teaching and we'll do some of that today and certainly we'll take it up again at some future point. Can anyone tell me the Amalek? Who is he? Where is he from? I see one hand, does he two? Okay, let's begin. All right, uh, my brother, go Grace ahead. Grace and peace. But it's a so-called fake Jew who is the Ashkenazi people over there, and they call it Israel, right? So the so-called fake Jew who is the Ashkenazi people. All right, um, and yourself? He's from the line of Esau. Say again? He's from the bloodline of Esau. Yes, indeed. Um, let's look at a couple of other things. When we use the term Macedonian, where is Macedonia? Anyone can tell me, please. Where is Macedonia? Grace and peace be unto you. Grace and peace, sir. It's over, it's, uh, they used to be part of Greek, or Greek used to claim Macedonia. It's over there in, uh, it's right beside Greek, or no, it borders Greece. Right, and the borderline uh, of it is on Greece. Yes. Um, and, and some other areas, Turkey and so on. 
Now, let's go a step further, if you please. Let's go to the book of, uh, in fact, let's go to Acts, I think. Let's go to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Let's begin reading, if you please, at verse 9. Acts chapter 16, begin reading at verse 9. Go ahead. Come. It's the book of Acts, chapter 16 and verse 9. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. All right, so some, can someone please explain that for me? What does that basically, what is it really saying? Can someone tell me? Read it again, please. Acts chapter 16 and verse 9. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. Stood, Salaki, there stood a man of Macedonia. Of Macedonia, go on. And prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia. Come where? Come over into Macedonia. Now, that prayer that he's praying, it's primarily a pleading, come. a begging. And he's saying, Come over to Macedonia. And help us. And do what? And help us. And help us. Now, does any of you have any historical understanding as to why would this man be in such an urgency to have Paul to come over and to pray with them? Yes, sir. That's because when he's talking about Cornelius, and he wanted he needed his uh, his servant uh, healed, and he was pleading with them. He was a no, sir. Wasn't it? That's a different storyline. Can anyone? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Grace and peace. I believe it's when Paul was going out on missionary journeys to preach the gospel, and there were Jews scattered about, and there were some in Macedonia. Come on. So this is during Paul's missionary work. During the time that he was going around the various parts of Asia Minor, he discovered as the Spirit was leading him, that there were people like him who were scattered and acting just like the nations, but they were not the nations, which is what we've really been focusing on for the last several weeks, have we not? Yes. But then when we read on in verse 10, it says what? Verse 10, And after he had seen the vision, immediately, we endeavored to go into Macedonia. Go on. Assuredly, gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Unto them. The them is us. Now here's, a, here's something that you need to gather in your thoughts. That the original people of, of us, all of Europe at one point, look like us. All of Europe. It's hard to imagine a place in the world that people did not look like us. It's strange today because when you look, it seems like there is a multitude of Edom everywhere. And it, for some, 
I know some people who even believe that we are the minority. And that's crazy because we cannot be the minority. Not when there's so many varying colors of our people on this earth. It's madness. But then, make a note of this if you please. Macedonia is a country in what's called the north, uh, some say the northeast, but it's the northern section of Greece. It's, it is right where there's a place that's called the Balkan uh, Peninsula, B-A-L-K-A-N. And there you'll find the history goes all the way back to uh, the first ruler, who was Philip. Philip ruled there during the times of 359 through to 336 BC. And after that, someone else took his place. Who was the person who took his place after Philip? Silence, this is not good. That means we have to definitely delve into the history. Anyone? Anyone at all? Go ahead. No, it wasn't Antiochus, no. Good try, but no. Anyone? He was considered one of the first rulers of Greece. Can anyone tell me? Anyone? How do you feel now? Grace and Prisa? Let's see what he's going to say. No, sir. Demetrius? No, sir. All right, I saw a hand at the back first. Okay. Go ahead, please. Alexander? Alexander the Greek. Well done. Well done. You did a good job there. So, Alexander the Greek took over after his father, who was Philip. He ruled for three hundred. He ruled in three hundred thirty-nine through to uh, three hundred twenty-three. All right. So right after his father died, which his father died in three uh, three three six BC, he took over in the same year and, con and continued on until three thirty-six BC. Now, first of all, we have to understand a couple of things. Macedonia. Um, was conquered by the sons, or the Macedonians, I should say, conquered the area that was once held by Japheth. So most of the area that you call Macedonia today, that was by the son of owned and controlled by the sons of Noah. Sure. So uh, Japheth, all of his descendants, they were in control of that area. The Macedonians came conquered them, and took it over. Now, here's the reason why, you, in history, you'll be puzzled to find out the direction of that, because the Macedonians have a knack of when they conquer, they become like the people that they conquer. And when they become like the people that they conquer, they then change the names 
that into a Greek name that's more suitable uh, pronunciation in the Greek. And that's why you'll notice whenever you read in the Apocrypha about Nebuchadnezzar, it doesn't give the same pronunciation of Nebuchadnezzar in the Apocrypha as it does in the King James. Make sense? All right. So uh, with that understanding, let's now go into the history. We're going to have to travel a little bit quickly, so go with me to uh, 1 Maccabees chapter 1. We're going to start there. I'm going to be very slow and very kind of simple today because I want you to get this. It is history, but you will be, hopefully you will be blessed by it. So 1 Maccabees chapter 1 and 1, let's begin reading. It's the book of 1 Maccabees. And everything we read, sorry to interrupt, but everything we read, it's pertinent. So we're not just reading it for the sake of reading it. Everything we read, it's a, it's a chain link connecting you to the history to where we're going. Come Come. All right, let's go. In the Apocrypha, 1 Maccabees chapter 1 and verse 1, it reads, And it happened, after that, Alexander, son of Philip, the Macedonian, who came out of the land of Chittim. Who did what? Who came out of the land of Chittim. Who came out of the land of where? Chittim. Chittim, go on. Had smitten Darius, king of the Persians. All right, let's stop there. We're going to read it again. But read it again from the top. And I want you to stop and fill it. And it happened after that. Alexander, son of Philip. Son of Philip. Now hold that. Go back to Acts chapter 16. Um, and let's take up from where we left off. Come. Acts chapter 16 and verse 10. 11. Read verse 11. Verse 11. Therefore, losing from trials, we came with a straight course to Samothika. Samothika. Go on. The next, the, and the next day to Napolis, and from thence to Philippi which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia. All right. So remember, Philippi is also named after whom? Uh, who is it named after? The king. All right. So keep that in mind. Keep going. Come. Which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia. Go on. And a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days. Certain days. So now it's given you a history of the location where he was and what, uh, in terms of the, the kingship who ruled it, he made it the capital, it's part of Macedonia, etc. So when we go back now to the Apocrypha and we go and we read uh, verse 1 again. First Maccabees chapter 1 and verse 1. And it happened after that, Alexander, son of Philip, son of who? Son of Philip, go on, the Macedonian, who came out of the land of Chittim. Came out of the land of Chittim. Now, Chittim is where or whom? See, I've taught this before, that I do know. You must know these names, and please, brothers and sisters, you must keep them in your mind because if you start speaking to a well-versed Christian they'll cut you up because you don't know your history and you need to know the history here come on all right beginning with yourself sir 
Grace and peace, sir. It is Rome. All right, so it's Rome. So Chittim is Rome. Continue to read on, sir. Come. Had smitten Darius, king of the Persians. King of the Persians. And Medes. And Medes. So this is the Persian Medes um, uh, empire at that point. Go on. That he reigned in his stead, the first over Greece. See, the first over Greece. So Philip is the first king over Greece. The second is his son, who became the greatest king of their history. That's why everybody knows Alexander the Greek. Come Now from there, uh, in fact, let's read on a little bit more. Let's go on. Verse 2. And made many wars. And did what? And made many wars. Go on. And won many strongholds. Read. And slew the kings of the earth. Go on. And went through to the ends of the earth. Go on. And took spoils of many nations. Now when it says that, that he killed many kings and went through um, uh, to the ends of the earth. Remember, this is the earth as it was known. And the earth was only in three parts at that point. Okay. Three parts. What are the three parts of the earth? Um, let's have one of the sisters. What are the three parts of the earth? What are the three parts of the earth? Today, there are four parts. But or a well-known four part. That's why scriptures even gives you the clue. It says the four corners of the earth, the four winds of the earth. So it's letting you know that there are really four sections of the earth. So what then was the three sections of the earth? Can someone tell me, please? No. All right, brothers. It was Asia. It was grace and peace. It was Asia, Africa. Asia. Africa, Africa and, Europe. and Europe. Those were the three parts of the earth. Okay. All right. Now, if you again, if you don't keep those in mind, you won't understand, especially when you read in the, King, the KJV, when it uses certain inference, what is it referring to? Because then in the, K, in the KJV, it's referring to a fourth part of the earth, which is where the children would be scattered to. That's why Mosai says, I'm going to scatter you to the four corners of the earth. The four winds will blow you all over the earth. Come on. Read on, sir. And went through to the ends of the earth. And we did, and did what? And went through to the ends of the earth. Go on. And took spoils of many nations. Go on. In so much that the earth was quiet before him. Quiet before meaning There was nothing left for him to conquer. Come Go on. Whereupon he was exalted. And his heart was lifted up. Go on. And he gathered a mighty strong host. A mighty what? And he gathered a mighty strong host. Read. And ruled over countries and nations and kings who became tributaries unto him. Unto him. Now let's begin to put some things in perspective. Let's go to Esther chapter 16. Esther chapter 16. Okay, got that? Still in your apocrypha. Page 55 will help you get there. And let's read, if you please, from verse 10. Esther chapter 16 in the apocrypha, verse 10. It reads, For Ammon, 
a Macedonian. Now remember this, that my name reading here is the same as the Haman you read in the KJV. Come, come. Read. For Ammon, a Macedonian, the son of Amadatha, being indeed a stranger from the Pers Persian blood, and far distant from our goodness, and as a stranger received of us. All right, jump down to verse 14. Verse 14. For by these means he thought, finding us destitute of friends, to have uh, translated uh, the kingdom of the Persians to the Macedonians. To who? To the Macedonians. See? So the Persian uh, realm, kingdom, uh, empire was transferred, clearly it says here, to who? To the Macedonians. To the Macedonians, right? Okay. Let's stay here. Let's go to chapter 12 and read verse 6. Esther, chapter 12 and verse 6. Go on. How be it, among the son of Amadathus, the Agiite. Now, that word, Agiite, you have to underline. That plays an important part of our history because of a blunder one of our people did back in the early days. They were given a order. They did not follow the order. And the Agiites came back and became a bane in our existence. So, read it again, sir. Come. Esther chapter 12 and verse 6. How be it, Amman, the son of Amadathus, the Agiite, who was in great honor with the king, sought to molest Mardosius and his people because of the two <laughs> eunuchs of the king. Of the king. So to get a better understanding of this, we need to go to uh, Esther chapter 3 in the KJV and begin reading at verse... Let's get there first. Let's get there first. So, Esther chapter 3, and I want you to begin reading at verse, uh, yeah, let's go, let's begin reading verse 1. Okay. This is Esther chapter 3 and verse 1. Go ahead. After these things did King Asuras promote Haman, the son of the Hamadatha, the Agiite. Now you see the... the the, the connection here? Huh. What uh, is the connection? Can anyone tell me? You just read it. You just read it. What we're reading, Esther chapter 3 and 1, is what we just read in Esther chapter 12 and 6. Huh. And we also read it again in Esther chapter 16 and 10. Are you seeing that? Huh. Because it's the association I'm trying to get you to see today. I'm trying to just work with your minds if I can do that. Hmm. If I can get you to see it and remember it, you'll have the history in your mind. Now, one of the reasons why this is difficult for us is because we've been trained to memorize Edomite history. Huh. You could tell me about George Washington. 
know, you can tell me about Lincoln. You can tell me about all of those. But guess what? We can't tell each other about our own history. And that's a shame. We could talk about um, uh, the, the independence of America, the civil wars. We could go into Reconstruction. You, some of us could talk about all of those things, but we don't know nothing about who we are and where we come from. That's right. Here, we've just read it. So let's read Esther chapter 3 and verse 1 again and see the correlation. Remember where we've just come. Remember, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to keep myself from getting all hyper and on touch. What, what you do, read it and get it. Come on. All right, let's read Esther chapter 3 and verse 1 again. Please. The book of Esther, chapter 3, verse 1. After these things, after these things, did King Asuras promote Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agai. So, so it's the same um, Amen that, that you read before. Yeah. Right? Uh, same thing. Right? So, continue, sir. Yes, sir. And advanced him and set his seat above all the princes that were with him. Look at that. And it says that he was an Agiite, right? Come. Ooh, so we're seeing the correlation now. It's not two different people. Come. You see, as we've been taught in times past, oh, they're just two completely separate different things. No, they're not. They're the same history. That's right. It's just that the pronunciation is different because this that we're reading here now is Hebrew trance. And what we're reading over here is the Greek trance. That's right. So, from, uh, did you finish that verse, sir? Yes, sir. Okay, read them just a little bit more, if you don't mind. Verse 2. And all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed and reverenced Haman. And did what? Bowed and reverenced Haman. Oh, he felt good about himself. God. Because what you're reading about is the characteristics of how they like to feel. Mm. And read what it says again. That he, he likes when people bow at him. Come. You see, don't look in my eyes. Look down when I come. Mm. Important. Mm. Read it again, sir. Esther chapter 3 and verse 2. And all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed and reverenced Haman. For the king had so commanded concerning him. But Mordecai bowed not. That's why they have a problem with you Negroes. Come. You won't do what you're told to do. That's right. Bow when you see me coming. I'm a Macedonian. Come. Come from some background of importance, hell. Mm -hmm. With me now? All right, let's read on. Nor did him reverence. Did him no reverence, didn't bow to him, didn't give a care about him. Come. So you can see how the and, and, and again, when you read this on a, a micro level, you're seeing how there's a spirit that's there that people, that these people don't like our people. Right. On a macro level now, it's about one wanting self-importance. So now, I've got to speed them because of time. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 15. 1 Samuel chapter 15, let's go there. And um, when we get there, we're going to begin reading um, in verse 5. This is probably where I want to go. Yes, 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 5, please. 
come. The book of 1 Samuel, chapter 15, and verse 5. And Saul came to a city of Amalek. He did what? And Saul came to a city of Amalek. So he came to a city of Amalek. Mm. See the history now. He came to a city of Amalek. And watch what happens. Go on. And laid wait in the valley. Go on. And Saul said unto the Canaanites, Go, depart. In fact, I tell you what. Um, I'm going to take us back to verse 1. Come. And the reason why I'm going to do that is because I have to recognize that if you don't know this story, you don't know the history, I have to bring you in tune with it. And I have to be likewise-minded about people who are viewing this as well. Sometimes I take it for granted because I know it, and some of us in here know it as well. So let's read from verse 1, and I will give the storyline more clearly. Yes, sir. First um, Samuel chapter 15 and verse 1. Samuel also said unto Saul, the Most High sent me to anoint thee. Read it, but go on. Come, the Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people. Over his people, go on. Over Israel. Read. Now, therefore, hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Go on. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel. See, they have been a bane to us. And the Most High has never forgotten it. Now watch what the Most High set up to fix that situation. Read, sir. How he laid wait for him in the way which he came up from Egypt. Because remember, he broke the truce. That's right. This is why when people say, but the scripture said we should not abhor the Edomite. Well, we didn't. That's right. But when he laid wait to bring an end to us, the Most High said, my hands are washed, all bets are off. That's right. Because you broke the treaty. You see? And to show you how much is in their spirit, you read in the book of Psalms where he turns and says, he said, raise it, raise it, raise it to the ground. Tear down their spirit. Tear down their walls. It's in their spirit. So when we read it now, go on, sir. Now. Go and smite Amalek. Go on. And utterly destroy. Do you see that word? Utterly destroy them. If they were utterly destroyed, we wouldn't be dealing with half the mess we're dealing with today. That's right. But we didn't do what the Most High said. So read, sir. Now go and smite Amalek. Read. Utterly destroy all that they have. Read. And spare them not. Read. But slay both man and woman. See, that's the problem. Destroy man and woman, but not only that. Read. Infant and suckling. And their children and their babies. Come. Read, sir. Ox and sheep. Kill all their animals. Their livestock. Read. Camel and ass. Read. And Saul gathered the people together. Read. And numbered them in Talim. 200,000 footmen. Can you imagine that army? Go on. And 10,000 men of Judah. Read. And Saul came to a city of Amalek. So they came to the city of Amalek. They barraged it. They gathered around it. When the enemy looked and saw the multitude... Fear came into them. Many of them were weakened because they saw this as their annihilation. 
But watch what happens. Read. And lay wait in the valley. Read. And Saul said unto the Canaanites, Go, depart, get you down from among the Alakamites, lest I destroy you with them. Go on. For ye showed kindness to all the children so of Israel. So it does not destroy those who have shown kindness to us. He spares you. Not that you're going to escape your punishment, but your death is not now. Read on, sir. Come. When they came up out of Egypt, so the Canaanites departed from among the the Salaki, the Amalekites, Amalekites, and so read it again because we have to have clarity. Read it again. Come. This is First Samuel chapter fifteen, verse six. And Saul said to, unto the Canaanites, Go, de depart, get you down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For ye showed kindness to all the children of Israel Read. when they came up out of Egypt. Read. So the Canaanites departed from among the Amalekites. Read. And Saul smote the Amalekites. Read. From Havala. So, Salaki. From Halavala. Salaki. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havala until thou comest to Ashur. Read. That is over against Egypt. And he took Agag the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. Now, what do you think was wrong with this picture? Tell me, sir. Well, he took the king, uh, I think he was going to save him, right? He, the Mosai told him to kill everyone oh. and spare not. Oh. Not even infant, not uh, Babies, got to keep it close to you. Just keep it close to you. And, and so what happened was, it ends up in a situation where these uh, 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 these people now are spurring the king. But you see, when you spur a king, a king knows how to rally and get those stragglers who managed to escape to create and, and also to get allyship with other nations. A king knows that. So he should have been one of the first that you were destroyed. That's right. Well, watch what happened. Read. Verse 9. But Saul and the people spared Agar and the best of the sheep. Hold it. He spared who? Spared Agar. He spared who? Agar. All right. Don't forget the name, remember. Kind of. All playing together. Go on. And the best of the sheep. Go on. And of the oxen. Now, did he not say kill every creature? Read on, go on. And of the oxen, and of the fatlings. Read. And the lambs, and all that was good. All that was good. Go on. And would not utterly destroy them. And what? And not utterly destroy them. And would not utterly destroy them. Come. Read on, sir. But everything that was vile and refused that they destroyed utterly. Now, because of time, Samuel turns up now, and Samuel is disgusted by all this. Because Samuel is saying, you keep pointing it towards the speaker. <laughs> and he, he, he turns and says, what have you done? And he said, what have you done? Because you should be doing this. Uh, you were given instruction from the Most High God. The Most High God spoke through me to tell you, Samuel, what I'm so, so what you must do. And what did Saul do? Saul thought, well, I'll keep the best. And 
you know, they've got some fine looking sheep over there, got nice looking camels. I, I could see myself. But you have to remember, if you do the things of the Lord, even though those, even though those things look nice now, he has better in store for you. That's what we've got to get out of the habit of not doing what thus said the Lord. When he tells us to do it, do it. No matter how hard it may seem. That's right. Are you with me, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, All right. So now that we understand that, Samuel comes home. He sees what's happened. I don't, I've got to give you an abridged version because of time. He sees what's happened. And what does he do? He ends up taking the sword out of his hand, taking the king's sword, and he kills the king. He's, in fact, the scripture says he slashes him up. He chops him up. He didn't just chop his head off. He chops his body up. Why? Because he had to turn his body into a mess to describe the mess that they have done to Israel. And then watch what happens now. Samuel gets throws the sword down and about to walk away. And as he's about to walk away, guess what um, sword does? He grabs him by his mantle. And as he grabs him by his mantle, Samuel moves away and the mantle is torn. What's left in his hand is a strip of his mantle. Meanwhile, Samuel moves away. But watch what happens in the future. In the future, the northern kingdom ends up with what types of leadership, sir? Evil leadership. The northern kingdom never has one good, am I right, sir? Right. Not one good king. The northern, every single king that the northern kingdom has was evil. That's right. And guess what? They didn't have a priest. No. Guess, remember, the, 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 the garment was ripped. And so on the southern kingdom, where was the priest? Judah, Benjamin, and Levi. That's right. So the priesthood was with who? The southern kingdom. That's right. Are you seeing the importance of this now, ladies and gentlemen? It? it makes sense when you're putting the pieces together, right? Yes. So now we're going to take it a step further. Uh, come with me, if you please, and go to Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 4. Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 4. Cap, uh, let's, let's quickly shoot down. I'm going to have to speed it up a little bit because I've realized time is it's shooting ahead. So come. let's go. Deuteronomy chapter 2 and verse 4. And command thou the people, saying, Ye are to pass through the coast of your brethren. Go on. The children of Esau. Read. Which dwell in Seir. Where? Which dwell in Seir. Yeah. That dwell in Seir. Go on. And they shall be afraid of you. And they shall be what? And they shall be yeah. afraid of you. Go on. Take ye good heed unto yourselves therefore. So he's letting you know that Esau is afraid of you. Now, why are they afraid of us? Let's, let's kind of look at the history today. We're kind of jumping backwards and forwards in time. When they see us, they clutch their bags. When they see us, they want to pull you over and check what you have. And when they see you in your car, they want to put their hands on their head on their gun. But they, the Bible says they're afraid of us. They see your kingship and you fail to see their servanthood. You're failing to see their servants riding on our horses. And the kings, the princes are walking bare feet beneath them. That's right. 
How could anything be so atrocious? Let's go to verse 12. Let's read. Verse 12. The Horans also dwelt in Seir read. before time, but the children of Esau succeeded them. Did what? The children of Esau succeeded them. Go on. When they had destroyed them. When they had what? When they had destroyed them. They completely disposed of them. Go on. From before them and dwelt in their steed. Go on. As Israel did unto the land of his possession. Go on. Which the Lord gave unto them. Notice, when Israel took out the enemy completely, Israel never had a problem with those enemies again. Uh, All the enemies that Israel is dealing with today is because our forefathers and our four leaders did not do what they were told to do. Are you with me so far? Yes, sir. Now, let's, because of time, I want to go, sir, uh, uh, let's begin reading here. Chapter 5, we're going to read. This is from the book of Josephus, Complete Writings. Uh, of Josephus. You can take copies of it when you're finished and get yourself a copy. Don't let it out of your hands because if anyone gets hold of it, they'll take it for walkies. So, we're going to read all the highlighted sections. So, go ahead and read chapter 5. So, Thesis, book 1, chapter 5, page 35. It says, After what manner the prosperity of Noah sent out colonies and inhabited the whole earth. Now, this is showing you how the Edomites as Idumians, as Edomites, how they took over colonies and countries and how they operated. Watch this, read. After this, they were dispersed abroad on account of their languages and went out by colonies everywhere. So they went out by colonies everywhere, taking over the countries, right? Read. And each colony took possession of that land. So when they took possession of the land, watch this now, go on. Which they light upon the Salaki, and unto which of that land which they did light upon, and unto which God led them. Right, now remember, when they were going to these other nations, taking them over, you will notice, Josephus says that God led them to it. You must remember that everything that the enemy does, the Most High God has already commanded the left-hand side to make them carry